This podcast is brought to you by CATV, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Courage 101, True Tales of Grit and Glory, based on my book, Courage 101. Today's episode is about John Cage, the composer. There was a revolution in music in the 20th century, the Beatles, Elvis Presley, Miles Davis, but they were all timid souls compared to Cage, who was an experimental composer. Let's learn more. If anyone was ever born with the wrong name, it was the composer John Cage. His art was uncaged. No other 20th century composer did as many things in as many radical ways that overthrew so many ways in which people thought about music. His most famous or notorious composition is 433, or 4 minutes 33 seconds. In it, a performer sits at a piano or stands by a piano and does not play for 4 minutes and 33 seconds or for some indeterminate length of time. The composition is divided into three movements, their parts divided by the opening and closing of the keyboard lid. The music of the performance is the sounds the audience hears in the absence of music. At its 1952 premiere, a critic wrote, You could hear the wind stirring outside during the first movement. During the second, raindrops began pattering the roof, and during the third, people themselves made all kinds of interesting sounds as they talked or walked out. Cage believed, let sounds be just sounds. He was a student of Zen Buddhism and the I Ching, which divines the future through random interactions. Cage devoted his life to exploring the principle that the purpose of music is to sober and quiet the mind, thus making it susceptible to divine influences. He inherited his zest for the unconventional from his father, an eccentric inventor who, among other things, wanted to find a way to travel in space without the use of fuel. His father told him, if someone says can't, that shows you what to do. In grade school, other children called him a sissy. People would lie and wait for me and beat me up, he said. After a brief marriage, Cage acknowledged his true self, and he and choreographer Merce Cunningham, with whom he collaborated artistically, became lifelong partners. Cage's high school yearbook contains the inscription, noted for being radical. As one might imagine, he quickly dropped out of college. Cage wrote, I was shocked to see 100 of my classmates in the library all reading copies of the same book. Instead of doing as they did, I went into the stacks and read the first book written by an author whose name began with Z. I received the highest grade in the class. That convinced me that the institution was not being run correctly. I left. Instead of sitting in a regimented classroom, he traveled to Europe. On a street corner in Spain, he noticed the multiplicity of simultaneous visual and audible events all going together in one's experience and producing enjoyment, said Cage. It was the beginning for me of theater and circus. After returning home, Cage studied for two years under avant-garde composer Arnold Schoenberg. After two years, they both realized Cage had no sense of harmony. Schoenberg told him he would be a failure as a composer. Cage asked, why? Schoenberg replied, you'll come to a wall and won't be able to get through. Cage shot back, then I'll spend my life knocking my head against that wall. True to his art, he spent many years in near poverty. From the mid-1950s to the late 1960s, he lived in a two-room cabin in rural New York. He received no income from 433 and earned little or nothing from his music during that period. He didn't even have a music publisher. 
He supplemented what little income he had by supplying restaurants with mushrooms. He was an amateur mycologist, co-founded the New York Mycological Society, and even won $8,000 on a quiz show by answering arcane questions about fungus. Cage thought of music as weather, telling an interviewer near the end of his life that, I think it is true that sounds are, of their nature, harmonious, and I would extend that to noise. There is no noise, only sound. I haven't heard any sounds that I consider something I don't want to hear again, with the exception of sounds that frighten us or make us aware of pain. I don't like meaningful sound. If sound is meaningless, I'm all for it. He took to heart something he once heard inventor Buckminster Fuller say, I only learn what to do when I have failures. Cage's earliest explorations used prepared pianos in which objects, such as nails, were inserted between the strings or attached to their hammers. One of his most Dada pieces involved slapping the strings of a piano with a fish. It was a dead fish. In 1951, his imaginary landscape number four involved 12 radios playing simultaneously. Two performers operated each device constantly, altering the volume and shifting between stations. A year later, Cage's water music recreated everyday sounds, and its instruments included cards being shuffled, water poured from one container to another, a radio being turned on and off, a whistle blown into a bowl of water, and a piano keyboard lid slammed at random moments. As a guest on the TV game show I've Got a Secret, his performance involved a bathtub, a rubber duck, and an electric mixer. It also included radios, but not the way Cage intended. Union rules forbid him from playing them, so he created sounds with them by dropping them on the floor. Not surprisingly, the Soviet Union banned Cage's music. He once said, My favorite music is the music I haven't yet heard. I don't hear the music I write. I write in order to hear the music I haven't yet heard. And that's the story of experimental composer John Cage. The moral of the story? Listen, you might hear something new. Thank you for listening to CATV Podcasts. If you found this episode interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content at CATV, please visit our website at catv8.org. That is C-A-T-V, the number eight, dot org. You can find all of our podcasts under the Listen section on our homepage.